Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. Welcome to it, guys. Before we uh, go any further, uh, we're going to start off the show with what I consider to be one of the most important interviews that you could possibly hear today. And maybe as a supporter of the First Amendment ever, Senator Rand Paul joins us on the Newsmax hotline. Hello, sir. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. How are you today? Very good, Rob. Thanks for having me. Uh, Senator Paul, last week when I heard about this disinformation board, it was actually a week ago, Friday, where did this come from? It was just kind of passively uh, uh, introduced by uh, DHS Secretary Mayorkas. Uh, when you first heard this, was your reaction uh, like mine, which is, this is uh, Stalinism. This is unacceptable and it cannot go any further. Where are we with regard to this disinformation bureau and what are you doing to stop it? You know, I guess my first response was disbelief. You know, I thought I was reading the Babylon Bee. Certainly something out of Orwell should be fiction and not reality. So uh, I guess I gasped that anybody would think, anybody, any sort of liberal-minded, open-minded person who believes in freedom of speech would think that the government should be the arbiter of truth and that the governor should, the government should be reporting people. They actually asked the White House spokesman, and she said that, yeah, they should report names, basically, and she wants big tech involved in this. So it's amazing how the left has been um, sort of overrun by people who actually think censorship is a good idea. But, you know, when I spoke with Mayorkas, I asked him the question, which I think is an important question, the Steele dossier that alleged that there was collusion between Russia and Trump turned out to be Russian disinformation. And if that's disinformation... Would the job of this new board be to tell CNN that has, you know, propagated this disinformation that they can't do it? Well, Mayorkas can't even admit that it's disinformation, much get get to the second question. And that's the problem we have here is we can't even agree what disinformation is. And then if you look even further, you find out that the government actually disseminates a lot of disinformation themselves. So I don't know how the government could possibly police truth. And uh, but I don't see how these people continue with a straight face saying so. Senator, they already know what disinformation is. They know because they know that what the government delivers is called information and anything that disagrees with it is disinformation. And it would be comical if it wasn't so dangerous. Yeah. And one of the things that was uh, intriguing, an author in The Washington Times pointed out yesterday was that the irony of He's up there giving testimony saying the southern border is secure. Well, that in itself is disinformation. It's not yes. true. But the way we sort these things out is through journalism. People point out people's hypocrisy. And then the public gets to decide what the truth is by hearing both sides. And anybody thinks that the truth is simpler than that just isn't paying attention. Even in things like science, people say, well, that deals with facts. I've been to many, many different science conventions. I've seen papers presented, and there's always spirited, I mean, very spirited disputation on both sides saying, well, your sample size was too small, or you had selection bias, or you didn't examine this age group. 
that's what peer review means, and it's usually a spirited sort of disputation back and forth, even in science, even in math. I mean, so the thing is, is they think political science, somehow the truth is going to be, uh, you know, a partisan or a party is going to arbiter the truth. And then the, the, the audacity of appointing a woman to it, is, who herself is one of the biggest disseminators of, yes. of misinformation, is, is crazy. Well, but she she would make a great opening act on Broadway. Uh, you know, she's... <laughs> but, you know, what what gives them the audacity, sir? What gives them the audacity when you consider the Biden administration and Joe Biden's approval rating and the uh, face plant that his policies are doing around the country? What would give them permission or, or the audacity to create a department of disinformation and think they could get away with it? Well, this is why it's worth standing up to them on this. I am uh, distributing as we speak to the Republican senators a petition. If I get 16 signatures, I can put uh, on the docket, I can put the uh, I, the bill we have, which is to defund this disinformation governance board. doesn't mean we'll automatically get a vote, but it's a pushing it into a sphere where if the opportunity presented, we might be able to force a vote on the floor. We'll continue to seek opportunities for an amendment on this vote, and uh, we'll see where it goes from here. But I do think that... Um, People are alarmed, and even some people on the left are sort of waking up to the idea that this, you know, might be alarming to have the government in charge of, of determining what truth is. So we'll see, but it is worth pushing back on because we've been going down this slippery slope for a while with big tech doing it. Um, I asked Mayorkas whether or not public health was going to be part of this because I routinely will say outlandish things like being infected with COVID actually provides you with immunity to COVID. <laughs> And uh, that is so crazy that it's been taken down as disinformation by YouTube and other big tech places. But really, it's actually completely factual, completely defensible. And so are many other things that we have debates over. Do masks work? Well, I think they largely had no effect. If you look at the mask mandates throughout the country, throughout the states, throughout the world, throughout counties, there's really no correlation between the incidence of the disease and wearing a mask. No population study shows that mask mandates had any real effect. And the individual studies actually show the same thing, that the pores in the mask, particularly the cloth masks, are uh, 650 times bigger than the virus, so the virus goes right through them. Um, But if you have the government in charge of what what truth is, um, there'll be no more disputation. Already are limits on this, but it'll be uh, a great step worse if we have the government involved. Uh, Senator, you can use this if you'd like. I've been saying this for about two years now. Wearing a cloth mask to prevent a deadly pandemic is uh, about as effective as wearing a cowboy hat to go scuba diving. Um, let's... That's essentially it. And I, you know, yes. I've also said, you know, um, you know, I'll pretend your mask is working if you pretend I'm wearing one. Um, yes. Now, uh, Dr. Uh, Robert Califf, who was an FDA commissioner, said during a podcast that misinformation is the leading cause of death in the United States. Now, uh, this is clearly a move to give the government unlimited power to fight the leading cause of death, which is free speech. How alarming is that from him to you? You know, that'll be that'll be laughed out of the room on the face of it. You know, and the thing is, when you talk about disinformation, there was a good article in Politico by Jack Schaefer the other day saying, the largest disseminator of disinformation is the government. And he pointed out a couple of things. Yeah. McNamara, during the Vietnam War, the Pentagon Papers revealed that it was a, in almost an entire decade of the military lying about the prospects in Vietnam and the success in Vietnam. Uh, fast forward to the Iraq War, the discussion of whether there were weapons of mass destruction 
in Iraq, disinformation once again from the government, yeah. uh, propagated willfully. And, uh, you know, Iran-Contra, the government lied about selling arms to the Iranians and giving the proceeds to the Nicaraguans. So time after time, the government, you know, there used to be good people on the left on free speech. There were yeah. people on the left and the right who joined hands as civil libertarians or defenders of free speech. And it's sort of sad to see the existence of good liberals uh, gone. Basically, we, we don't mm-hmm. find many people on the left anymore who are willing to defend freedom of speech. Uh, a couple of things. I know you are a medical expert, obviously, and I believe three weeks ago today, sir, the mask mandate for public transportation ended. Have they begun digging the body pits near airports because of all the people who are going to die because of this? No, but uh, it's quite illustrative to see what Fauci's response to this was and the Biden administration. They are suing to put the mask back on people. And Fauci's response uh, was, when the court ruled this way, Fauci's response was, how dare the courts? How dare the courts get involved in public health? <laughs> in other words, how dare the courts, which interpret the Constitution and individual liberty, how dare they get involved with objecting to his mandates? This is the type of arrogance that's coming from the left, not only on what truth is or what disinformation is, but also that the idea that when he dictates something, you are questioning him and you are questioning science and how dare you. That is a level of arrogance we have rarely ever seen in an elected official, much less a bureaucrat. Yes. Now, also, and I had dug up, I'm going to share later in my show, Lori Garrett in 2018 had spoken to uh, a global group about uh, the pandemic and said and admitted something that I've been saying from the very beginning is that uh, masks are meant to broadcast fear. I stand by that 100 percent. Masks are meant to make people be afraid of one another. What do you think? Well, and the comment has also been that the only usefulness of the mask is scaring people enough that they might stay away from you, but they don't actually block the virus. <laughs> so maybe we should wear Halloween masks. Or actually, I actually like the uh, response by one woman who was arguing against putting toddlers in masks. She says that we should put stickers on their clothes that say, go away virus. And that the stickers, <laughs> the stickers would work just as well as, as the mask, but they're yeah. less offensive to the children. Uh, Another article out today in the Washington Post of all places saying that poor kids and minority kids, and there's an overlap, but that these kids have been most affected by remote learning, that they've been, they've lost a year or two of education, that they may never catch up, it'll cause lost wages, it'll cause their lives to be different, and all for something that did not save one life. Keeping the kids at home from school didn't save anybody's life. We still have 75% of kids in our country have been infected. Ultimately, no matter what we do, 100% of kids in our country will have been infected. But then again, could we not then leave them the hell alone and not force them to be injected and inoculated after they've already had the disease? This is a debate that we should have. What is the science? How many kids have died who have had COVID and got infected again? I think the answer is zero. How many kids are going to the hospital who have had COVID or are getting it again? The number is going to be very, very small. But the CDC has these statistics. And they won't reveal them. So once again, the government is hiding the data. The government is disseminating data and truths that are are actually false. It's this Stalinistic. And and the only thing, by the way, I'll just mention, uh, because I think we're about the same age, the only thing more cruel than making a kid wear a cloth mask to school is wearing those hard plastic masks when we were kids with the rubber band around the back. Remember those? Those were cruel. (laughs) Those were cruel. Now, one more thing here. Uh, um, 
are we going to win this? I mean, if you're going to be talking to the American people, one of the things that I hear, are we going to survive the leftward track of the country? And I keep saying we're winning. We're curb stomping the left. What do you think is going to be happening coming November and after that, sir? If you want to see a preview, this is an unscientific poll, but it's a poll in a way. Go to the airport and see how many people are wearing a mask. The Dr. Fauci says you still should be wearing a mask and you shouldn't go to a White House Correspondence Center, but you can go to an elite snobby party beforehand. Yes. But if you go to the airport, 97% of the people are rejecting Fauci's advice. They're not wearing masks. They figure, look, I've either had it or I've been inoculated. But in my judgment, I don't need to wear a mask anymore. And that's what happens in a free society. So if the Democrats think they're going to win an election in November by suing in court to try to get us back in masks, they're going to be demolished. So let them keep coming. Let them keep suing us in court. Let them keep trying to force this on us. But people are done. And it's not just Republicans. There are independent moms. There are Democrat moms that are sick and tired of some idiot bureaucrat, Fauci, trying to put their two-year-old in a mask. Uh, Senator Paul, I want to thank you for your time today. One more thing. Uh, Protesting outside of Supreme Court justices' homes, where do we go from here? If you're disturbing the peace, you ought to be arrested. You ought to be taken down, booked, charged, and held overnight. They can bail you out in the middle of the night or the next morning. But freedom of speech does not mean yelling and screaming, keeping people awake at night. That is disturbing the police. I know because I was a teenager once, and the police used to come to our house because we were (laughs) causing too much noise. And the thing is, there is some uh, argument for disturbing the peace is not something. It's a quiet neighborhood. There are actually yeah. laws on the books that you cannot intimidate justices, and it's, not, it's not, not allowed. So people have confused the First Amendment. The First Amendment doesn't mean you can come in the Senate building and yell and scream. That's disturbing the peace. You can hold signs in a peaceful way in yeah. public places, but it doesn't mean you can yell and scream and keep people awake all night. So, no, I think something should be done. And I think the Democrats should be chastised and rebuked for suggesting, encouraging, and putting out the names and addresses. And God forbid one of our justices is harmed in any way. But, you know, there is a real danger of violence here. They are stoking every crazy in the country to come Mm -hmm. to these justices' house. One crazy person is going to show up, and there's going to be a a terrible tragedy happen. And so— I, I frankly hope the justices are, have been moved to secret locations. And if I were a justice, I would move to a secret location. You have been a victim of this. You have been attacked by someone who was stoked by the left. So I, I understand where you're coming from. Listen, I know you're very busy, sir. I love watching you when you are questioning people like uh, Alejandro Mayorkas. And, uh, and I greatly appreciate your time. I know it's very limited. So we hope to have you again on soon. God bless you, sir. And continued luck on this this nonsense coming from the federal government and uh, what happens after uh, after November. Good luck. Okay, Thanks. thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much, sir. Appreciate it. All right, we've got to take a break. We are wicked late. That is Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul. That will be on the podcast. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. COVID broke the economy. Now a recession may be coming. A Federal Reserve survey broke some bad news. Dating back to the 50s, whenever inflation and employment have hit today's levels, history suggests a recession may be near. Remember what the last recession did to your retirement? Well, I do. My friends at Lear Capital shared how investing in physical gold and precious metals can be a brilliant strategy against what's coming. Smart investors are buying gold and precious metals now for two reasons. One, gold can be a great hedge during a recession. Two, the closer a recession gets, the more your gold could be worth. Don't let your retirement take a hit like 08. Talk with my team at Lear Capital about owning precious metals for your savings and retirement accounts. 
One thing you'll love, Lear has a 24-hour risk-free purchase guarantee. These guys are completely committed to your satisfaction. Right now, you'll receive up to $10,000 in free bonus coins based on the value of gold coins you purchase. Visit LearCarson.com. That's LearCarson.com. Opinions are easy. Entertaining? Not so much. It's the Ron Carson Show. I want to thank uh, Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, for joining us on the show today. Uh, terrific to have him on. This entire nonsense about misinformation and disinformation has got to cease right now. This this department of disinformation has to end right now. And I'm glad that we have him on our side because uh, this this quite simply cannot stand. It must be taken down. It must be defunded immediately. This is the left throwing everything it can against the wall to see if something sticks. And in a country that has had the First Amendment since its inception, uh, I would venture to say that this is folly, but we must take it seriously. We absolutely have to take it seriously. When you are using the words of Joseph Stalin, from 1923 to drive your public policy uh the conversation has to change and the regime has to change as well it is utterly utterly ridiculous for the government to even consider consider a department of disinformation now you look at what the government did to go after covid which now many in the government and many outside the government including bill gates is admitting it was a disease that was dangerous for older people that was largely it but it was used by the government it was parlayed into something much much bigger than it ever should have been it gave the government the opportunity to shut down speech assembly and commerce all of the things that we value all of the things that made our country what the country is today which goes to show you that they fundamentally want to change the united states because they hate the country as founded they hate the country as founded this is merely a distraction and it will not work And when you've got people like uh, Lori Lightfoot saying, issuing a call to arms, I'm going to say to the left in this country, when you issue a call to arms, you might want to make sure you know how to use them. So enough with your nonsense, enough with your inflammatory rhetoric. Uh, If you want to start a fight, you don't want to start a fight with us. A judge ended the mask mandate on public transportation, on airplanes and whatnot. So with that, it's time for... It's time for the daily death count of destruction since the mask mandated. All right, let me get to the numbers here on the daily death count of death. I think it's also the dismal daily death count of death. Uh, with the number of deaths and hospitalizations related to the very irresponsible... Uh, losing of the mask mandate. Here are the most recent numbers. Uh, nobody. Uh, but no, nobody actually. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it right there, I guess. It's time for the daily death count of destruction since oh. the mask mandated. Yeah, the body pits. Yeah, nobody. Uh, nobody really. Uh, there are no body pits outside the airports and. Uh, uh, there are no body pits outside of Walmart and Target. They stayed open during the pandemic. Uh, you know, the, the the worst pandemic ever in the history of mankind that caused trillions of deaths. Trillions of deaths. There aren't even a trillion people on the earth, but it's literally killed 
uh, generations of people in front of us. Uh, we won't be able to recover for hundreds of years because of all of the death caused by COVID and the uh, repeal of the mask mandate, which the government, by the way, is still trying to uh, reimpose on us, even though it hasn't caused any death. Uh, here's the president, by the way, speaking about inflation. Because he's going to go after inflation now. Did you know that? Today he was speaking about inflation and how he's going to fix it. Because for 16 months now, he has done nothing to fix it. He's only done things to cause it. And technically, he doesn't know what caused it, but he's going to end it. The bottom line is this. My top priority is fighting inflation. Today's announcement is going to give millions of families a little more, a little more breathing room to help them pay their bills. How about, um, I don't know, energy independence from uh, OPEC? That would really help because I don't know if you, if you know, but today gas prices have once again reached a record high. Now, the president of the United States said he was going to unleash America's uh, oil reserves, the, the reserves that we keep in time of war. And what he's done is he's actually selling that oil that we bought at an inflated price. Uh, he's selling it to uh, our allies abroad. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've been to the grocery store lately. Have you tried to buy formula lately? Have you tried to buy Infamil lately? In fact, I would venture to say no states in America are above 60% as far as their uh, stocking rate for uh, formula, which is ungodly important for new mothers. And right now, there are parents who have adopted children. There are, there are mothers who cannot feed their children uh, breast milk. And so they are scrambling all over the place to get formula. And meanwhile, our transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, who I believe is transphobic, he's afraid of transportation. That's why he never does anything with regard to transportation. He doesn't do anything with regard to the crisis, the supply chain crisis, which is causing food shortages all over the, all over the country, the coming grain crisis, the coming uh, crisis with regard to fertilizer and planting crops. You have no idea. And I believe my constitutionally protected opinion is because it's on purpose. I said the next big crisis would be food. Last year I said that, you know, when, when COVID subsides, when it is no longer useful as a tool to terrify you, the next crisis will be food. Yesterday we had a congressman on from South Carolina who said, yeah, I noticed also that 22 food processing plants in the last 12 months have burned down. That's kind of weird, kind of weird, kind of weird. And then I kind of realized, huh, well, this is also a government that effectively shut down the economy because of a pandemic. They, they blew up, literally blew up all sorts of uh, statistics to make it worse than they could have ever imagined. Deborah Burks even admitted it before she resigned before the election. She said, yeah, they're overinflating the numbers. Yeah, they're kind of over, overinflating the numbers. Yeah. And, and now we've got, literally, we've got a department of disinformation and misinformation right about the same time that Dinesh D'Souza's movie comes out and Fox News and all social media are essentially, they've been given marching orders not to talk about the movie. 2,000 mules. <laughs> so these are remarkable times that we are seeing here. And, and as you suffer through this, you are giving distraction after a distraction after a distraction. The, the first distraction was, uh, you're going to die unless you stay six feet apart from somebody. You're going to die unless you put a stupid mask on. You're going to die if you go to the gym. You're going to die if you walk your dog. You're going to die if you go to the grocery store. You're going to die whatever. And then they told you you couldn't believe that maybe there were some problems with the 2020 election. Maybe there was some theft. 
Then you were told that you're not supposed to believe that uh, maybe uh, Russia collusion didn't happen. Then you were proven right. Then you were told that uh, that Hunter Biden's laptop was fake. It was disinformation. And, and the, the mainstream media, big social media, the Democrat Party all played along and you played along because you had to because they banned you. They banned you and you silenced you. And now as we move into another election year, since they don't have the pandemic, although they're trying to milk it for all it's worth. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they're right now saying there's another 100 million people. The White House is projecting 100 million COVID-19 infections during the fall and winter of 2022. As experts believe the virus will continue to dominate life through the rest of the year, which just happens to be an election year. Don't tell anybody. And while that's happening, you've got uh, a government official saying that uh, misinformation is the leading cause of death in the country. Wow. Wow. And while Joe Biden says today that his priority is fixing inflation, even though he has no idea why it happened, and he said that he had curing cancer was the number one priority of this administration just three weeks ago, after his little speech this morning where he's going to fix inflation, this is Jen Psaki yesterday saying that they didn't even see inflation coming. We know if we look at the recent inflation data, a large, depending on which data you look at, two-thirds to even 70% of inflation data is, is a result of energy prices. A, a large part of that is the result, and, and, and Chairman Powell has spoken... Uh, you got to blame it on Ukraine and Russia. ...to this, and Secretary, um, Secretary Yellen has also spoken to this, as a result of President Putin's invasion of Ukraine. You are high. Uh, I know that weed is legal in D.C. Clearly, you are getting some really, really good stuff. Because, you see, the price of gas doubled before the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. You dolt. And the impact on the global energy markets. Those are all steps and impacts that I don't think anyone could have. God, will you just go to MSNBC and get the hell out of my sight? While I am trying to feed my family, while I am trying to fill my car with gas, this jackass is saying stupid crap like this, and we've got members of the Biden administration saying that the number one health crisis in America is you expressing your opinion. Make no bones about it, the Biden administration is declaring war on freedom of speech, and they are declaring war on you. If you are a Trump supporter, if you are a constitutionalist, if you are a Republican, if you are planning on voting for uh, Republican candidates this fall, the Biden administration has declared war on you. Don't believe me? Here's Joe Biden last week. What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history. That is a lie. That is a flat-out lie. That is inflammatory. That is the kind of language that causes violence. They have done it before. They did it for the entire summer of 2020 as they sat back and with their silence tacitly approved of Black Lives Matter and Antifa protests, which were directed against conservatives around the country for an entire summer. They caused billions of dollars in damage, hundreds of energy injuries, I should say, and 30 deaths. And what do they want to make this summer into? A repeat of 2020. What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political organization that's existed in American history. I accept your declaration of war. I'm not going to sit back and take it.
if you are going to declare war on me verbally, I'm going to bring it right back. And I refuse to accept this. We are making dramatic headway as conservatives, as people who believe in the country and love the country. We are making headway against this five-year attack on us, on our schools, on our children, on our beliefs, and we are pushing back. Joining us on the phone is somebody who gets it. Uh, Cheryl Chumley is with the Washington Times, an online opinion editor, and has written a book called Lockdown, The Socialist Plan to Take Away Your Freedom. I think we're in uh, chapter two of that right now, or at least the second half of the uh, the attempt. Cheryl is on the Newsmax hotline. Hello, Cheryl. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you. Now, we saw a lot of what you write about in your book happen during the summer of 2020. I like to say that 2020 happened because 2020 was 2020. Here we are in 2022, and in the last couple of weeks, the Biden administration has admitted that it has a Department of Disinformation and also, we've got a uh, an FDA chief saying that misinformation is uh, one of the leading cause of death in the country. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on this uh, stepping on the gas with regard to disinformation and silencing of free speech right now? Right. Well, I do write about this in my book, and it's not just in America where the bureaucrats and powers who be are trying to stifle free speech under guise of putting forth only that information that's factual dealing with the coronavirus. It happened all around the world the last couple of years. You know, there were journalists who were arrested and there were citizens who were arrested and jailed and even beaten in some parts of the world because they dared to speak up about the coronavirus uh, using narratives that that differed from what the government wanted to put out at the time. So, look, this is real. The government does not have American citizens' best uh, backs when it when it comes to free speech in this country. And you only have to look at what this administration is trying to do, creating this board that will that will give approval to what speech is proper versus improper. Well, we all know what this is, Cheryl. It is the government saying that their information is the truth. And that if you have an opinion, literally, if you have an, an opinion on it that is uh, uh, well thought out, is uh, informed, is backed by life experience and uh, factual information, that is verboten. I have never seen an attack on free speech like this in my life, and I've been around uh, for 50-some years. Uh, have you seen anything like this? And is this part of, and I keep hearing about this global reset, is, that, uh, is, this, is this what this is? Uh, first off, to answer your first question, no, I've never seen anything this egregious okay. on free speech. And to answer yeah. your second question, yes, I believe it is part of this great reset that the World Economic Forum at weforum.org talks about on its own website. So the left's attempt to paint the great reset as a conspiracy theory just falls flat for anybody who goes to the website and reads Klaus Schwab's, who's the founder of the World Economic Forum, uh, it reads his own words. Look, in order to usher in this great reset, which is a total crippling of America's Constitution and uh, a topsy-turvying of our free market system, there has to be a stifling of dissenting viewpoints. Because if American citizens are allowed to speak out about what's going on, then the plan would fall in shambles. 
So this is all part and parcel. Barack Obama, of course, has resurfaced on the public stage talking about misinformation and disinformation, basically teeing it up now for the Joe Biden administration to take it to the next level, which is putting, like you said, the government in charge of deeming and determining what speech is truth versus myth. I think it's... uh pretty remarkable. Uh, I don't think like this. I don't think like they do. I would have never thought to have used a pandemic to usher in a, a new a new governance, um, a, a new a restriction on freedom and a new restriction on speech. But I think it, it sounds to me like the left around the world was looking for this opportunity. That's why we have seen so much resistance uh, against you know the people in the country who are saying BS. That's why we have this this Department of Disinformation. Uh, they they thought they could get away with it, and now their their dream of taking the pandemic, among other things, and moving forward this new moral, world order appears to be backfiring. So they're taking it to a new level. Um, how, where did this come about? Who who originally said, "Hmm, uh, virus, let's use this." Yeah, it's hard to pinpoint the exact source, right? Because the left is so collective anyhow. They all seem to move in a groupthink way and exploiting any opportunity. Uh, This is the party of exploiting crises, remember, Uh, exploiting any opportunity to advance their agenda. And it's interesting to me that you say that you wouldn't have imagined this. And I know a lot of Americans are like that as well. And the reason that many Americans wouldn't have imagined this taking place is because they're not evil. I mean, the left is outright evil at stealing individual liberties. And if you want to look at some of the players involved, look no further than the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, Joe Biden with his Build Back Better rhetoric. That's the exact same as the Great Reset. And he's actually used the term Great Reset during his campaign as well. But it's all the Democrat Party's elitists and collectivists and globalists working in partnership with the collectivists at the United Nations and global powers, along with those governments around the world who see this new world order, one world order, great reset and so forth, whatever you want to call it, see it as their ultimate end game. And let's not leave out the medical bureaucrats like Anthony Fauci and the people like Bill Gates who have been active players in advancing this great reset agenda for a very long time. I was very disappointed in the country, a country that has uh, had the First Amendment, which uh, the uh, the First Amendment and the uh, Bill of Rights ushered in a new a new uh, era of freedom and uh, individual and uh, economic liberty that the world has never seen. Uh, but but we were actually behind the pack. The the people who were the original people who were against lockdowns, they started popping up in countries like France. Uh, we started seeing massive protests, a million people in, in countries like uh, Germany or the, you know, the Netherlands or whatever, and then it came here. Do you think we're winning this? Do you think that the, the people who are this, uh, behind this are, are surprised, perhaps, by some countries reacting in the way they did with mass protests against it? No, I don't think they're surprised, and honestly, I don't think we're winning And let me just address your point first about um, America being late to the protest game. I agree with you. But at the same time, um, in my daily commentaries at The Washington Times, it was in April of 2020 when the pandemic was first breaking on America's soil that I wrote a piece entitled, The Coronavirus Will Go Down in History as the Biggest Political Hoax. 
And that was based on watching the government's response, meaning the Democrat Party's response, to the fear that they themselves hyped to justify the lockdowns on the coronavirus. And here's why I think that Americans aren't really well positioned to fight what's still coming down the pike. They're not awakened to the idea that the left is not going to let this pandemic go, which is a big reason why I wrote this book. A lot of Americans think, wow, we can take our face masks off. We can go back to business. Our kids are back in school. We're returning to pre-pandemic norms. Not so. This is a lull before the storm. And if you look at, for instance, what Bill Gates himself has put out, uh, his book actually came out on how to how to deal with the next pandemic. It came out the exact same day my book, Lockdown, came out. And in it, he's talking about preparing in the same way that I talk about in lockdown, warning Americans about what's coming. Things like rapid reaction forces to fight the next pandemic, meaning rapid reaction forces that will uh, go to spots around the world wherever a virus pops, and then initiate lockdowns to keep that virus from spreading. America's going to be part and parcel of this. This is Bill Gates' own words. This isn't just my best guess what's happening. And I also saw this headline this morning, and this was in the UK Daily Mail, which I have a great deal of respect for. Uh, The White House projects 100 million COVID-19 infections during the fall and winter of 2022. It says COVID cases rising once again. Uh, And it's going to dominate life through the rest of this year, which, oddly enough, is an election year. Kind of weird how that happens, isn't it, Cheryl? Yeah, it is very coincidental. And look, I just want to address this point of case count and infection rate. Here's what Americans should say to themselves whenever they see a media report about this. Who freaking cares? Case counts and test (laughs) positives are meaningless. They only matter when you put them in context of discussing the numbers of people who recover versus die, right? When we had the flu, people walked around the flu all the time. They walked around, and if they they ran to clinics to get tested for the flu, many, many, many Americans who didn't feel sick, didn't have any symptoms, would have tested positive for flu. And yet, we didn't lock down. We didn't shut everything down. We didn't grind to a halt. So... The idea of case counts and test positives, you can only use those as data and figures. If you look at the numbers of recoveries versus hospitalizations versus fatalities, and I can tell you on the coronavirus, we have a 99% recovery rate. Yes. So why are we still acting like this is, this is a huge deal for us? And it was, it was funny because I, I, yesterday I was driving home. And on the street corner, there was a kid, probably middle school, standing alone with a mask on. And then I realized that was a metaphor for so many in this country. And, and Adam Carolla said in an interview a month ago, he said, why do we keep masks on our children? It's because it's like crate training. And they did a really good job of it. They did a really good job of scaring the crap out of us. And, and it is not going away anytime soon. Uh, we're talking to Cheryl Chumley, the author of Lockdown, A Socialist Plan to Take Away Your Freedom. I saw an interview the other day you did uh, with regard to, this is off subject, uh, abortion. Why Democrats, why liberals are so beholden to it? Why do they consider it to be so sacred? Why do you say that is? Well, there, there's several reasons. One is the breakdown of the family unit, right, which yes. plays into the left and the big government quest to control 
all that goes forth in America. And, and the second is because the left, those who favor, say, recreational sex without accountability, right? Mm-hmm. They favor keeping that alive. They don't want to be accountable for actions. They don't want to have mm-hmm. consequences for the actions. So it goes to the idea of personal responsibility and personal no. accountability. You can't be saying that. No, no. No, I'm, no, no. It's, it's everybody else's fault. <laughs> Next I'll be talking about <laughs> Jesus. Or oh, no, don't say that. Oh, my good. Hey, listen, Cheryl, we've got to run, but I really appreciate you taking the time today. The book is called Lock Down the Socialist Plan to Take Our Freedom. Uh, I noticed you got it available on audiobook, which is perfect for somebody like me who has a very short attention span. Uh, so I greatly appreciate you joining me. Is there a place that people can find you on social media? Uh, at C.K. Chumley on Twitter and on Parlor, same handle. Thank you for that. All right, very good. Have a glorious day. Great to have you on, and we'll have you on again soon. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.